Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Rocky Five, man, that, that movie will make you want to cry to think about all that Rocky had, and he had to move out because of his damn wife's brother. It's Wes. I give that man all the credit in the world for not killing him because I would have took him out in the backyard and beat those ribs up Ooh. like I was about to put him on the grill. And Walker. This is Top of the Dome, by the way, with the ribs grill reference. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. That man would have had cracked ribs and all types of crack stuff for signing over my pal Vuitton. You know what's good when we got the hallway jumping? Hallway hoggard. Bumping his head, listening to this beat, walking through. Walker might be the best nickname giver going right now, man. Were you the guy on the team that gave everybody their nickname? Uh, no, not really, but I like that title. Yeah, man, you're pretty good at it. Thank you. Very witty. All day hoggered. <laughs> and you know what? Alliteration, it's just fun to roll with alliteration. You gave me my nicknames for hockey and all that. Oh, kind of stuff, yeah, man. that's right. Yeah. Nothing yeah. like some good old alliteration. Elite, elite yeah. nickname giver. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You can text us, 704. <laughs> 570-9610. Matt Rule thinks so. Real quickly, do you have Matt Rule sound? I didn't ask you to get it, so I'm not blaming you. No. It's fine. I thought maybe for the live wire. So we'll talk about it before we have the live wires connect. Did you see Matt Rule have yet another viral locker room speech? Because this one was about fighting. They were So they had a pink ribbon on the back of their helmet in honor of fighting breast cancer. And Matt Rule gave... A real motivational speech, man. I wanted to run through a brick wall for the second time for that guy. I thought about quote tweeting, hey, the Panthers should think about hiring this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been dope. Who, buddy, got me ready to play. I'm just, it's, he was born to be a college football coach. Mm-hmm. That's what he's born to do. No, don't need to jump up to the NFL. No, just stay there in college. But in college, I've seen a couple people quote tweet, man. The dude is good at allowing those clips to go viral. I actually played it in the side show this morning with Mac and Bone in there. And like Mac even looks up and he goes, you know, that works in college, but you can't, you can't as, as inspirational, as motivating as it is, it ain't going to move a locker room of, of millionaires to want to go out there and play. But he's had a couple, he's had a couple of questionable sound bites. Like you said the other week, they're the second hardest practicing team in college football behind Georgia, and they're going to catch them and pass them. Mm-hmm. But some of the speeches that, that, that they've allowed to go viral, it's why I think he's going to make Nebraska good again in terms of what Nebraska football should be in modern times. Matt Rule, probably going to get it done. He's gotten it done at the college level. Couldn't get it done here. We'd have liked to have seen it. But now we got Frank Reich. We're 1-6. in six. But we're still in the <laughs> playoff race. We talked about it a couple of days ago. <laughs> and there's a pathway to get there. Time now for the live wire with Fiddy. Live wire on it. Wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. 
Yeah, Matt Rule even channeled his his inner Drago, saying, "If you die, you die." In that in that speech, so if you die, you die. You know, mm. really really motivating <laughs> the children of the corn to go out there and play some inspired football. So I know we're two days removed from the Halloween season, but yesterday Bryce Young met with the media. Did y'all see what Bryce Young went went for as for Halloween? He had two different costumes. Uh, at one party, he was one thing, but then when he went to the children's hospital, he was something else. Tell the people what the costume was, Fiddy. So he he went as Nelly, and if you see the reaction on social media, a lot of people didn't know who he was. And this came up when he went with when he met with the media yesterday, and the quarterback was disappointed in his generation. Were you surprised with social media reaction? A lot of people like around like their 20s, like mid, late 20s, or mid to early 20s didn't know who Nelly was. They were like, who is really? Bryce? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that. Like a lot of people were like, what's Bryce doing? It's like, if you're not seeing really? yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm not on social media, really. So really, people didn't know. Who... A couple. Yeah, I saw like some replies oh. that were like, what is he doing? <laughs> Better than that. Really? Well, as a spokesperson for, I guess, for 20-year-old people at... <laughs> So I feel like I don't feel like that reflects all of us. I like to think we I like to a lot of people when I got there, I had, I got a couple of questions. I think a lot of people got it. Like I had the white forces on, like I feel like a lot of people got it. The band everyone was like, Oh, the band aid get like if I had the band aid, I guess I could be a couple people, but everyone saw the band aid was like, Oh yeah, like uh, I would have to say that <laughs> Bryce's dad must have put him up on Nelly. His dad must have listened to a lot of Nelly because Nelly Ville, when he was at the height of his powers, came out on June 25th of 2002. I bought that record. I was in college. Bryce Young was born July 25th, 2001. So he was definitely crapping in pampers when this album came out. And so I would expect not a lot of people to be able to catch the reference. Now, had I been at the party, I would have immediately gotten it because of the Band-Aid on the cheek. Nobody was doing that but him. And on the cover of Nellyville, he has the uh, the Band-Aid on the cheek. But yeah, I wouldn't expect a lot of people his age because Nelly, by the time that these kids were really getting into music, Nelly was definitely not the superstar he was when he was killing it and going diamond. Crapping and trapping. Yep. Bryce Young, 2001, <laughs> listening to Nellyville with a Band-Aid on his face. He'd become the number one overall pick. I thought you were going to go with Country Grammar, which Nellyville was the peak. Oh, that was huge. But, but when Nellyville came out, that's when he was like everywhere. I guess it's more like Nelly, Country Grammar. That's what people put people onto him. Yes. And, then and that album still went crazy as well. So that's what I was looking up. You went Nellyville. It's funny. We, we both did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You just did it with a different <laughs> album. I looked up Country Grammar's release date, June 27th. 2000. Yeah, I was in high school. I remember riding with my quarterback in his Jeep when he got it from the music store. Yeah. 2000. <laughs> so, Bryce Young, impressive costume. I, you would get it, but that's the problem. There are a couple of distinguishing factors that would allow you to know who Nelly is, but especially now, if you talk about the average age of the football team, Bryce Young's going to be one of the younger ones. Yeah. But it's probably, what, 25? Mm-hmm. 26? I mean, probably 25, something like that is the average age. And if you go back in time, I mean, they're barely old enough. I remember when Country Grammar came out. Barely, though. Mm -hmm. All the radio hits. All of them. And I would have been in third grade, fourth grade, something like Mm -hmm. that. But even I knew. And Bryce Young, having not been born yet in 2000, yet going as a Halloween costume like that. Impressive stuff. (laughs)
Impressive stuff. What else you got for us, Betty? You referenced the audio from J.T. O'Sullivan. He does a great job with the QB school, which you can find on YouTube. And he talked about how the lack of pass protection and the lack of separation the wide receivers are getting, how maddening is when he tries to evaluate Bryce Young. It's the holistic perimeter unit, lack of separation. That is just tough to watch when you want, when you see the potential for what Bryce Young can bring to the table as far as off-platform stuff, the creative part, the be able to extend those types of things just aren't taken advantage because there's nowhere to go with the ball. And when he throws with great anticipation, they're not catching it or not ready. And that stuff is frustrating for me. You compound that with him taking a lot of shots that look pretty unnecessary, if I'm being honest. there's You're going to lose up front. Things aren't going to go perfect in pass protection ever. But when you have like free runners at the quarterback, that stuff is not acceptable. And so fixing that stuff is the immediate fix. And then the long-term fix is just upgrading the perimeter. What you got, Fiddy? You got I, a question? I, I was just going to ask you, like, like in, in all of your times watching rookie quarterbacks, have you seen a rookie quarterback have this bad, consistent pass protection and this bad, consistent wide receiver separation? Because... I mean, I've been watching football for 15 years. He is at a disadvantage literally every play. It's pretty bad. I thought it was going to be better. I think most people thought it was going to be better because the Panthers trade up to go get Bryce Young. We thought it was going to be a good, just flat out good situation for him. Maybe the receivers, people were able to tell they weren't going to be really talented. I thought they were going to be good enough, but they're clearly not. There are plenty of QBs that enter a bad situation. We can even go to oh, Justin. Oh yeah, we can go to Justin Fields. Honestly, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that we can. Whether you believe in Justin Fields or not, it wasn't a good situation for him to go in with what Darnell Mooney as your best wide receiver, with the offensive line playing as poorly as it was the last couple of seasons. So even that is an awful situation for Justin Fields to roll into. So it happens. It happens frequently. We can go to Kyler Murray, number one overall pick. I mean, you bring in Cliff Kingsbury, a coach that, yes, he worked with before, but also had a losing record in college and then gets the number one, gets a the number one overall pick and gets a job in the NFL. And that wasn't working out. And even if you have a DeAndre Hopkins that you trade for, he was running for his life because the offensive line wasn't really as good. So we see bad situations. But to fitty your point, yeah, I certainly didn't expect it to be like this. It's it's horrible, and it's unfortunate for a number one pick. Well, I said earlier in the show he's been sacked 22 times, seventh in the NFL. But uh, I got a couple of guys that can definitely, Fiddy, give you uh, their insight on what it's like to get hit and not to have much. See Derek Carr sacked 76 times his rookie year NFL record. Is it David, you mean? David Carr, I'm sorry. David Carr. But then also, you can go ask your Carolina brethren, Sam Howe, who's on pace to break that. He's been sacked 41 times already this year. What so, I will uh, say about that, yeah. though, when we talk about <laughs> is sacks or sacks a QB stat, that was a problem in North Carolina, too. Yeah. Like, he loves holding on to the football. I'm not saying their offensive line is great. No doubt. But Sam Howe will hold on to the football, and he will hold on to it, hold on to it, hold on to it, and then make a crazy play. Even in the NFL, we're seeing it. But, man, he loves holding on to it. And this is the part where maybe Bryce Young can combat some of this stuff, but much less of a problem. And it, it's the long-term. And he's got decent weapons, Sam Howe does out there in Washington. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You 
you'd love to have this we- the yeah. weapons here in Carolina with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson starting to come on strong here lately, and even Curtis Samuel, somebody that we are familiar with here in Carolina. Yeah. Hopefully it happens for this Carolina Panthers team. So a lot of talk when we saw, when we got off the bus talking about the Hornets not playing well. It was an update on when Cody Martin is going to return. Well, the head coach of the Hornets, Steve Clifford, joined the Kyle Bailey show yesterday, as he does every week, and he gave an injury update on the Hornets uh, wing player. We're hopeful that, you know, we'll get to the point where he'll be a big part of things. We've just been unlucky, and he's been unlucky, Kyle, with just some setbacks. There's been two or three times where, you know, he's gotten to the point where he really amped it up and, uh, you know, felt like we were close. And then, you know, something has happened every time. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what to say. He's not, you know... Uh, close right now um but he's working hard at it and and uh we're hoping that you know somewhere in the near future he'll be able to join us a programming note nc state head coach dave doran will join kyle baylor later this afternoon on wfnz walker would the return of cody martin sure up the defensive issues for the hornets right now because i think it we last year we thought that answer would have been yes but I'm not so sure one guy's going to make that big of a difference for their inability to stop a punch from scoring at will. Yeah, it's going to help. So is Frank Nilakina, who wasn't good in the preseason. He kept taking ill-advised three-pointer after ill-advised three-pointer. That's not why they signed you. They did not sign you to throw up shots from the perimeter. They signed you because Steve Clifford telling you that he's one of the best pick-and-roll defenders in the NBA as it stands right now. But he got hurt. He's going to be out for a while. You don't have him, and you don't have Cody Martin. So who is the best perimeter defender that you have on this roster that's available? (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know who it is. Because you didn't bring back Dennis Smith Jr. Apparently, you made an offer to him, but you didn't make him a priority. The Nets did, and so he signs for a cheap deal with Brooklyn, and he's going to help them defensively. But I also don't think they anticipated Another setback with Cody Martin. He played seven games last year. He got hurt 30 seconds into the debut, played seven games, and only averaged 19 minutes per game. Steve Clifford tells you anytime they try to ramp it back up, anytime they might be on the home stretch of his rehabilitation, there's a setback that he suffers. And if you hear him, he's hesitant to tell you what it feels like, but he says, Cody Martin's not close. That's disappointing and concerning. If he's not close, and here we are with the season having already started, think about how long it's taking for LaMelo and Mark Williams to get into a rhythm. How long is it going to take for Cody Martin to get into a rhythm? If we're talking about those guys being cleared just a week before training camp, and he's not cleared until I don't know when, because he said he's not close. I I hope this isn't career-threatening for Cody Martin, because I do think we might be teetering in that area. Yeah, one of my favorite Hornets, great guy. And yeah, man, it's just mystifying you thought he'd be ready for the start of the regular season this is a Hornets team 25th in defensive rating in the NBA and it doesn't seem like it's going to get better of course he can't uh wave his magic wand and have this team turn into the Detroit Pistons with Ben Wallace and the crew because teams all they're going to do is we know that this is a matchup league teams are just going to come down the court wave at that big man or whoever they want to play the two-man game with on Cody Martin set the screen play pick and roll and get a bucket because nobody else wants to play defense if you've got one or two guys out there that want to play defense and nobody else does then it's not going to matter and so that's the frustrating part yeah he'll bring a mentality but he doesn't have enough 
enough cachet on the team as far as being a scorer or all-star caliber player maybe to really get at guys to play defense. So, yeah, he'll come back, and it'll help a little bit, but just one man's not going to be able to fix these issues. Walker, I feel bad for you because Jack's not here for it, saying, Walker, don't sell me that with Frankie Nicotine we're going to be winning more games. (laughs) Typical whack-ass Walker Uh, giving whack-ass takes. Oh, I don't think that he's going to help him win more games. No, I I literally just talked about how bad he was in the preseason. I do think he's going to help them defensively, but not as much. I, yeah, I'm not trying to tell you that Frankie Nicotine, great nickname, Frankie Nicotine, (laughs) Frankie Smokes, Frankie Nicotine. It's a great nickname. One that I can't take credit for, by the way, Wes, but I don't think he's going to be helping you a ton. And remember real quickly, second half of last season, this team was playing good defense with largely the same players. We'll see what happens this year, but it's not happening so far, certainly not in the last two games. Steve Clifford was quick to tell you that they played pretty well defensively the first two, but it has not been the case against the Rockets, and it was not the case against the Brooklyn Nets. That'll do it for the live wire. We shall move on, talk a little more about the Carolina Panthers and building around Bryce Young. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Appreciate you sharing your time with us on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. If you want to look at the Carolina Panthers game this weekend, it's all going to be about how you can enhance Bryce Young, especially on what could be a get-right tour. You got the first game against the Houston Texans. You had the revenge factor a little bit. I don't even know if it's revenge. It was just... Somewhat of a personal battle between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud going against one another. Bryce Young outperformed the second overall pick in this past NFL draft. Well, now we get to see Frank Reich seek quote-unquote revenge against the Indianapolis Colts. The very team with the very owner that fired him after a 3-5-1 start to last year's season. Do you think that Frank Reich really views this as just another game or do you think this is one that he wants to win more than the other ones uh absolutely not it's one of my favorite things in sports man when guys try to act like that they're not human beings with real feelings and real emotions they want to be a cyborg and they get up there and playing against a team that just did them wrong traded them 
talked bad about them, didn't give them the money they felt they deserved and all that. And then they just say, oh, yeah, you know, it's just another game. You know, we're moving on. Come on now. Nobody's stupid. They fired you. A lot of people felt you were done wrong. Your boy Shane Steichen, he took it personally, had his, uh, oh, no, not him, but uh, my boy from the Eagles that I can't stand. Uh, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. God, I love Yeah, he took him. that personal and said something. That's for my boy Frank and all of that stuff. So, yeah. Frank, and he's a great guy. We know he's, you know, a man of God, and he does all those things and preaches and things of that nature. So, you know, he doesn't want to walk around with that type of angst on him. But come on now, nobody's stupid. He's going to want to stick it to them uh, and be his former team and show them what they're missing. I don't think he is trying to lead people astray as much. I do think <laughs> that he's astray. telling you, well, yeah, what you astray? Is that what you're laughing at? <laughs> yeah, just to lead them astray. Yeah. Okay, well, astray. A term often used, you know, when people talk about the the good book. I didn't really, Things honestly, like I had no clue why you were laughing about okay, that. Okay, that was why. Yeah. <laughs> Should we keep a religion? Being led astray. No, I think this is perfect. I think Jeff Rickard would love us having a religious-based yeah. theme talking about sports here. I've been Maybe led we could astray do that. many times. I've been led astray. <laughs> so if you have this with Frank Wright, I don't think he was trying to do that with him saying that it wasn't. It, he, he understands that there's going to be some competitiveness here that is naturally more than what it would be against another opponent because he got fired by that organization. And he refused to comment when asked about if Jim Irsay was the one that forced him to start Sam Ellinger when Matt Ryan had an injury instead of Nick Foles. And he said, no, I'm not going to comment on that. But we all know it was reported that, yeah, Jim Irsay wanted him to start the young QB and Sam Ellinger rather than Nick Foles, who Frank Reich clearly had a rapport with during their Super Bowl winning days in Philadelphia. I do think that with Bryce Young, Going against the Colts, them having hired Shane Steichen, who's doing a good job with the Colts right now. For sure, he wants to win this game more, probably more than some of the other games that are on this schedule. So we'll see what happens. Now, with Bryce Young, I do also wonder if he's going to get much help this weekend. We did, is it a trend or is it just an outlier? What we saw against Houston. Jonathan Mingo was on the list. You went outlier. I went trend. But it wasn't necessarily because, as far as what Jonathan Mingo was going to do, he had the 40-yard play at 60 yards receiving against Houston. I said it was going to be a trend, not because of how well he's been playing or how well he played against Houston. He had the nice play, showed the yak, and for the most part, that was about it. He did have a first uh, down that was pretty key later in that football game. But really, the reason I thought it was going to be a trend is because it can't just be Adam Thielen the entire time. DJ Chark isn't stepping up. No tight end is stepping up as a real go-to in tough situations. So if Mingo is continuing to be targeted, playing the most snaps of anybody, Mingo played a higher percentage of the snaps than Thielen did in this game against Houston. Do you think that Mingo can be someone that you start to depend on more and more as this year goes on, despite him being a little underwhelming in the first half? Yeah, the way that he started the season, I'm not sure that he's going to be a dependable guy through and through. I think he's going to be ups and downs. I think you are going to have some moments where you say, hey, man, this guy's definitely got some real potential. And then there's going to be some times where you see the drops. You don't necessarily see uh, a franchise wide receiver when you watch him play. So I think it's going to be a mixed bag. So to answer your question, I say no. I just hope that Thomas Brown is able to free him up downfield more. That's what I'm hoping for. We saw it last game. That was the longest passing play of Bryce Young's career to this point. And how much are you going to be able to give him the football in space for him to make guys miss? 
and bring some fire to this offense. That's what I would love to see. Here's Frank Reich talking about their rookie wide receiver and discussing what stands out. More confidence. You know, he's got more confidence. You know, more making, you know, this was good. This was a good game from this last game. You know, making some plays, getting that deep ball. Um, you know, he's continued to be a, uh, an impact player in the run game. It's very important, you know, as far as blocking force. He doesn't shy away from that. Um, you know, fewer and fewer mental errors. You know, we've done some no huddle. He, he's done well at that. So um, he's continuing to develop at, at a good pace. I'm hoping the confidence can help Mingo out to a point where can he develop into a number two, a legit number two at the end of this season? Is there any number one wide receiver conversation on the horizon? That was what they drafted him to be. He has that type of body, but he hasn't given you the type of production and a lot of nuances of the game just aren't there for him right now. And that's what I'm hoping comes along. This is the typical somewhat of a, a raw receiver. And that was true with him even coming out of college. There wasn't a lot of production in college. He got hurt two years ago. He got off to a really nice start, but then got hurt. And that threw him all off track for what was supposed to be his best season. I believe that was with Matt Corral throwing him the football. And then you have a different situation, not as productive the next year. So hopefully it can be Jonathan Mingo that really takes off. How much can Bryce and Mingo help each other on and off of the field, Wes? Is that something that maybe rookies can band together and teach each other a thing or two with how they're living life in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you see Bryce Young, he's giving him all the confidence in the world and the things that he thinks about, and they talk about how these two, you know, are together off the field. They talk, and he's trying to keep his confidence going because they've both been going through the same struggles, high draft picks that people are expecting a lot from, haven't quite delivered yet. Bryce is starting to get to that point where he's doing that, but Mingo, a lot of people uh, are looking at him and wondering what's going on, especially in the preseason when you saw people saying that, hey, you know, this guy could contribute big early on uh, for the Panthers, and you see so many superlatives that he was given, and you hear about the gym rat staying after practice and how he's just going to be a guy that could end up emerging really, really early. And so Bryce said, quote, you know, you can just see he's getting more comfortable with the offense talents there. He said he said he put in a tremendous amount uh, of work and, uh, you know, he just talked about how hard he works in practice and how comfortable that he's getting in the offense. And so, uh, you know, they, they bonded from shared experiences and so that's going to be helpful for the young man to know that his quarterback uh, has confidence in him. And so I think with the fact that both of these two have kind of had some slow starts at times that I think they can relate to one another. And I think that Bryce can continue to help build that confidence in him. So I, I thought Mingo would have better numbers at this point. They're not horrible, but they're, they're certainly not good. I thought that they would be better than what they were. What I will tell you is that Hayden Hurst's numbers are a far cry. I Somebody that wasn't nearly as high on him as other people were, I didn't expect him to only have 14 receptions on the year at this point and 116 yards and one touchdown, especially after the debut where he records five receptions on seven targets, would never finish with more than three up until this point. Seven in the debut, never more than three, in any other game since, and only the one touchdown. Zach from Kannapolis writes in, I just don't understand the Hayden Hurst thing. What's going on with him? They decide to hold on to Hayden Hurst after acquiring him in the offseason, not dealing him at the deadline. 
are better days ahead of him, or is Tommy Trimble just overtaking Hayden Hurst's job with the way that this coaching staff sees it? It's starting to look like he is. I mean, Trimble's a guy that you just keep seeing him pop up every game. He makes some type of catch, whether you talk about the Miami game where he showed off his running ability. You saw the great catch that he made Sunday for the touchdown. And so this is a guy that you just see him slowly but surely uh, making plays every week and a guy that we could have been very wrong on. I know I did not think that uh, he was going to be a player that was going to emerge this year. But every time you have uh, a coaching change, and not to say that the Panthers did, but they did switch offensive coordinators, there's always a guy or two that's going to emerge. And we saw that last year with Steve Wilkes and players that came out of nowhere, the Deontay Foremans and players like that. And so with Trimble, he's a guy that's just been making plays and showing you that potential. Well, and he was hurt, remember, for a little while. And then you see him just... Seattle, one reception, 15 yards. Detroit, one reception, one yard, touchdown. Miami, two receptions, 25 yards. Houston, two receptions, four yards, touchdown. It doesn't even seem like, I mean, he's not getting targeted as much. You see him with a couple of touchdowns and you think, all right, touchdown Tommy. This guy's overtaking Hayden Hurst's job. But the most targets he's received in a game to this point, it was three against Houston. But Hayden Hurst has had three in every game except Houston, and he had seven against Atlanta. So really, to me, the tight end position just continues to be non-existent until you get into the red zone, and then Tommy might score something for you. But that's about it. Ian Thomas on IR. Ian Thomas was someone that people liked as a blocker. Ben McAdoo talked about it when he was the OC. Frank Reich talked a little bit about it when he took over as the head coach and play caller at the beginning of the season. But tight end, Wes, we dispelled what was the age, what was the adage about a tight end being the quarterback's best friend, a young QB's best friend. Hadn't been true at all this year except the game against Atlanta. No, it has not been. And you thought it was going to be Hayden Hurst from what he did in that first football game of the season. And I thought he was going to be for this year. So you can chalk that up as Wes was wrong there. I thought Hayden Hurst could be a 700 catch, not 700 catches, but 700 yard type of guy if he had over 500 in a loaded uh, Cincinnati offense, but we just haven't seen that come to fruition this this season. And so, uh, you know, maybe he does. Maybe Thomas Brown finds a way to be able to scheme him, but it looks like Tommy Trimble could end up getting more and more of those reps. Yeah, I think that that's one that could be a trend, too. If he has the most targets of any tight end against Houston, then is that that's something that could continue. So here's uh, Tim Hates Tanking writes in, Walker would have been excited if the Panthers drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson a few years ago. Never seen someone with that kind of wide receiver optimism. I'll admittedly say that I've got wide receiver optimism. It has bitten me plenty of times before. It's not really what I'm saying with Mingo, though. I mean, I, I like the ability. I certainly am not calling him a bust after halfway through the season. There are some skills. There's a skill set that I like, but I'm not telling you that they should have drafted him over what Tank Dell is doing. I'm not telling you that they should have drafted him over Josh Downs. Like, I, I know what it is compared to the other players. The real reason I bring this text up, Wes, is because how much should we be doing that with the tight end position? Because we've been doing it with quarterback when Bryce Young got off to a slow start. We've been doing it with wide receiver, especially on this tour with Downs and Dell a part of the equation, and you can pull up any wide receiver that's a rookie that's producing. Should we be doing this with tight end where we look at, okay, they didn't draft a tight end over somebody, but that was very much a part of the conversation during this NFL draft process. Do you go back and look and say, man, they really should have looked at 
this guy a little more so. Rookie tight ends are producing more than they ever have. Dalton Kincaid really starting to pick his production up with Buffalo. Sam Laporta doing a nice job with Detroit. Now, first-round picks is what you're talking about there. Fair enough. But even still, I think because these guys are more focusing on running their routes, they don't have to focus as much on blocking, and therefore you don't load their plate up with so much responsibility. You're seeing these high-octane offenses use even rookie tight ends, a position that's really hard to learn. I just wonder if that's something Carolina should have done, especially with a couple of the draft picks not getting off to Sterling starts. Uh, There were definitely some tight ends in this draft that you would like a lot. There's no question about it, but I think for the Carolina Panthers, there were so many other areas that they needed to go that if they address tight end and you have – a good tight end, and I don't know how much difference that makes. It would certainly help. There's no question about it. But it's just going to be something that they that they felt like that they addressed in free agency and didn't feel the need to go and use a draft resource to be able to get that. And maybe that's the direction they go this year if said tight end is the best player available when they're choosing. But I think that they'll try to shore up that position in other ways because I think it's it's a priority. It just depends on what type of tight end you can get. What, what do you want? Like, do you want a dynamic tight end that's going to be a guy that's a a pseudo wide receiver as well that you can constantly feed the football to, or are you going to get a more traditional guy? And I think right now they got a lot of more, a lot of traditional guys there, but Trimble could indeed, if he continues to make plays week after week, turn into that guy. Yeah. Dalton Kincaid was selected 25th, Laporta 34th, Mayer 35th, Luke Musgrave 42nd. All four of those tight ends are either starting or contributing right now for their offense. Luke Musgrave, they just didn't have any other veteran on that squad. So I, he hadn't been as involved, but at least in the in pass catching, but that offense has fallen off a cliff. I, that Green Bay offense has been terrible. Mm-hmm. I do think the usage would point to him having produced more. Luke Musgrave, the only guy that they really could have selected instead of a Mingo. Darnell Washington was one people were high on coming out of Georgia. Certainly not Brock Bowers, but also tested crazy athletically, mm-hmm. big body, was impressive in training camp with Pittsburgh, but also doesn't have a lot of catches on the gear so far. They still have um, their starting tight end anyway, Pat Fryermuth. So I just wonder if that's something on the list. Left tackle, wide receiver, secondary depth. We continue to add on, where is tight end? Because we wanted to address it this offseason, you signed Hayden Hurst. We thought, all right, finally, we got yeah. somebody. And, man, is Hayden Hurst just going to be putting up Ian Thomas numbers? Yeah, man. I didn't expect that. Didn't expect that. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in. Get a photo finish text in before the show ends. And it's time now to go to the last Fitty Flash of the day. about a little exhibition college basketball the Tar Heels had theirs last Friday Duke had theirs last night they took down UNC Pembroke 109 to 64 all five starters in double figures six guys on the game scored in double figures for the Blue Devils and their final tune-up before the regular season gets started uh, for them against Dartmouth on Monday night, 9 p.m. tip on ACC Network. Walker, we, we saw this 
you know, this team and this coaching staff up close and personal last week at ACC tip-off. Wes, you saw them as well. They looked, they looked primed and ready to live up to their preseason hype of the number two team in the country. No doubt about it. You talk about the pedigree of the Duke Blue Devils, and this is what they expect. These kids come there because of this. They've got one of the better teams we've seen in a while as far as the mix of fantastic freshmen and seasoned vets. So they should be primed and ready to go. I know I'm ready to check them out. I thought I might hear some Pauly B audio in the live wire today. He joined Mac and Bone, and he was talking about how great Duke was going to be this season. Why would I play that as well as North Carolina yeah I didn't hear that talked about <laughs> Elliot Cadeau also and how fun this team was going to be he doesn't think there's going to be any problems between RJ Davis and Elliot Cadeau running that backcourt and that you're going to have plenty of experience coming back in Chapel Hill he said Duke was going to be 1A and then Carolina wasn't even a 1B like they were right there but if he had to rank them he'd probably have Duke a little bit ahead of North Carolina but he's very high on both of those programs and so getting off to great starts as they should in exhibition games but destroying the teams that they played in St. Augustine and UNC Pembroke that'll do it for the Fitty Flash we'll move on it's the Wesson Walker walk-off coming up next Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. We like talking food innovation every once in a while on Wes and Walker. I think we got a good one here, Wes. What we got? I don't know if you guys have seen, but cup of noodles will be microwavable for the first time in 50 years thanks to a new cup design. The actual cup will be able to be put into the microwave and not get burnt like you might have experienced in previous times. I, I might raise my hand on that scenario, too. Oh, wow. I never... Ate uh, ramen noodles like that. Really? Yeah. Love me some ramen noodles. Did you? My when college, I, my college uh, poor kid food was peanut butter and jelly. I didn't do the noodles. Did you do the Skippy where it had jelly and peanut butter no, alongside no, 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 it? No. You can't, you yeah, can't see it mixed together. Yeah, and I have to clean my knife off before I put the. After I did this, after I spread the peanut butter, I had to clean the knife off before I put it in the jelly because I think that is disgusting. Wait, but hold on, because you don't want peanut butter residue in the yes. jelly, right? Yes. I think that's disgusting. Yeah, I might, I might wipe it off, <laughs> but most of the time, I'm just not gonna care. One time, my, one time, my uncle's daughter did that, and I was like, uh, I forgot what I said, but I said something about it. I was like, no, nah, this. If I open it up and it's got peanut butter residue in it, I'm not eating it. But it's all going to the same place, though. It is, but it just looks. It doesn't look. Very appetizing. The, the weird that happens. The weird food thing I have. I don't know if it's so <laughs> weird, but when there's liquid at the top of the ketchup bottle, 
and then liquid comes out before you squeeze the ketchup oh, on a hot dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. something I don't play with. Yeah, that's that's rough too. I, I hate that. You and get I, the straight red water. Yep. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. gross. I'll be soft. That's fine. Like I want legitimate ketchup. I feel you on that too. I don't want ketchup juice. I feel you a little bit on the peanut butter stuff. Mustard but does that as well. Yeah, most of the time I'm not going to care with the peanut butter stuff though. Fiddy, do you have any problems, <laughs> or are you just going at it? Just like a, a hungry fitty that you are, red ketchup juice and all, or do you actually need the ketchup to come out first things first? I don't eat ketchup. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a weird take, too, man. How's that it a is. weird take? It's, that it's, is. Ketchup it's, goes on a lot of stuff. It makes burgers, fries. Mustard. Mustard on my stuff. burger. Mustard on my hot mustard. dog. What about with your fries? You just eat them plain? Uh, if I dip them in anything, you know, ranch, Hot sauce, depending on where I'm getting my fries from. Sometimes I'll put my, my fries in hot sauce. If I go to Wendy's, put it in a Frosty. Is, I mean, <laughs> you order uh, Well, we've had this conversation before. Why was that funny? Well, because it's it's like you order the Frosty as a condiment rather than an actual ice cream a dessert. Like I mean, I know people will dip the fry into the Frosty, but it's like, yeah, can I... Uh, I'll take some honey mustard, mustard, and... Uh, yeah, can I get a, a Frosty with that to dip my fries in? Like, that's the purpose that you do. That you order with, so mm. you know, I in McDonald's I'd put it in the McFlurry before. Like in 2008, every McDonald's ice cream across America just all conveniently broke at the same time. That was that was real downfall of America was when the when the ice cream machine broke. That's what's wrong with America today. To be honest, yep. I think so. It's that you can't trust McDonald's ice cream machine. And, c- and they changed their apple pies for the worse, not for the better. Like kind of like how Wes goes on the Fallon about the cookout fries. Mm-hmm. The new um, apple pie McDonald's garbage. Do you have any hot take apple pie take from McDonald's? I do not. I haven't had an apple pie from McDonald's in quite some time, but I know I sure do love them. And now that you said that, I'm interested to see how they have indeed changed. It's not like it's not like an apple fritter. And I I don't. What's the big difference? There's a difference, and it's not a good difference. It's just not good. Can you, I want to hear you explain the difference though? Just, just I want to see if you can do it. I don't know if I can do it without. <laughs> I don't know, one. like, because I went to the McDonald's up here on Freedom one day, and uh-huh. I, I mean, I was, I mean, full fat ass fitty. I got double quarter pounder nuggets, fries, and two apple pies. Oh, I like this. I, I see exactly what this is. There's another restaurant that serves this the same way. Um, I can't think of which one right off the top, but I like that style as well. Okay. Uh, this, this is the question that we're going to end with today. The, the question is, what is the most disappointing thing that you see when you think you're ordering a great food item? Because Bradley Shooting Blanks wrote, wrote in, what's, th- what's worse is when you get a Frosty at Wendy's and it's runny and melted. <laughs> I'm taking it back. Totally. Totally. Uh, yeah, that that would be really disappointing. You're so excited to get the frosty, mm-hmm. but then it's all runny and melted when you dip ketchup or you're about to squeeze the ketchup on the hot dog bun and then it's all red water and now the bread is soggy. Ooh. I'll tell you another good one. It, and this is why I don't do it, but it's because I've learned through this experience when you order nachos and the chips get all soggy. And so now when you order them to go, if you have ever done it, the chips get all soggy. And now the nachos are completely ruined because the flop is real on the chip. <laughs> that's something that I don't know that I would order to go. It's not. Too- well, you shouldn't. You yeah. shouldn't. But that's one where if you are one that wants nachos so bad, yeah. but you got to order in and then the chips come <laughs> oh, in soggy, I got one. it's brutal. I got one. Wings that if you get them, whether you get them to go or you eat them in, Wings that are just drenched in sauce. I don't like that. I like mine a little bit. The term is well done or extra crispy, stuff like that. 
or just enough sauce, but I don't like when they drench it in too much sauce. So what you're saying, Walker, is, oh, man, I had a joke and I lost it. Oh, my God. Oh, oh <laughs> soggy chips are not your thing. That's That that's, was pretty good. That's I got to give was. it up. Dad jokes, no. that's pretty good. No, we disagree on that one. That one's <laughs> tough. Especially, especially, look, it's like the dunk contest. If you miss on the first attempt, then I'm going to dock you okay, a couple points. I got you. you. You didn't dunk it. But he didn't you, technically miss because he didn't tell the joke. And botch it to the point we didn't know what he was going to no, say. No, I asked him. I said, do you want me to go to you? Because Wes is about to finish his thought. And he gave me the nonverbal cue. Yes, I have something. I threw him the basketball, and he didn't catch it, and he turned it over. I'm trying to think of what I order that never lives up to par because I eat out quite a bit, as you know. Mm-hmm. I've got one. What about when you go to cookout and you get a really thick milkshake? Oh, yeah. But you can't <laughs> sip it through the straw. So if you're on to go, like if I'm going to drink the milkshake in the car and I can't go to the spoon mode quite yet, but I want to drink it in the car and it's too thick to sip through the straw, that's something that's disappointing because I want it now. And that's something a little disappointing as much as I love cookout. Well, then go to Baskin Robbins. I'm getting a milkshake. <laughs> sometimes I can sip it through the straw. Sometimes I can't. If I wanted to go get some ice cream, that's when I would go to get Baskin Robbins. See, I feel like if, if I go to cookout and I can and I can <laughs> and I can suck it through the straw, it's just not thick enough. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it bad. He could have just said it regular. We could have just had a regular conversation. But of course, why do we keep going to him on the I mic? Know. I mean, why? I keep going, and he either botches it or he can't help but laugh because yeah. of. What you do with a straw. Oh, Bart Simpson back there. I know. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, 843 wrote in, burrito from Taco Bell. That's all rice and sauce and no meat. Oh, I, Yeah, I, that's a good one. No, this is, yes. When you order a burrito from Taco Bell and they put the sour cream all at one end of the burrito. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not evenly distributed. Or all the meat. Or all the meat. And so it's just like a layer. You have one section of rice, one section of beans, one section of sour cream, and it's not evenly distributed. I absolutely hate that. That's a great texture made for Oh, I got another one, too. Chipotle, when you get it to go, and they don't have toppings and don't tell you that they don't, and then you get your food and get all the way home, and it's not on there, especially with uh, fajita vegetables, the one by my house. Yeah. They consistently forget it. Don't bother to tell me. Just let me order it and never tell me. That's the problem. They don't They don't mind telling you. We're all fans of, of Taco Bell, right? I know Walker is. When you get a quesadilla and the cheese isn't melted, there's nothing worse oh, than, than, a yeah. non, than a non-melted <laughs> quesadilla, man. Melt the damn cheese. I like quesadillas, too, and that's something I rarely order, but I can definitely relate to that 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 stinks. The other thing, yeah, especially if you if you order a lot of Taco Bell, but you want to get it with no lettuce because you might have to save it for later. If they give you lettuce when you ask for no lettuce, now I can't heat it up. I got to eat those tacos right there. Oh, because I'm not going to be able to heat it up in the microwave. I'm not going through and picking out all the lettuce. It's already mixed in with the meat. I'm not doing it. And let us not forget a, a dry burger that you can tell has been sitting under that lamp for a while. <laughs> we never served any of those at Dairy Queen. No, <laughs> no, I'm sure. You I really did not. wish we could have had a documentary on you and Flounder working <laughs> at Dairy Queen. Man, that would have been pure comedy. It's like a dirty for dirty. Yeah, <laughs> Dairy know, Queen special. The amount of hamburgers I saved from the night before and put in the microwave the next day. I mean, thousands. That's how to serve to thousands. the public. To serve to the public. All right. God, it's why. It's why I tell people don't eat Dairy Queen's food, man.
Especially not with Fitty there. <laughs> or Flounder. That'll do it. That's one Josh Fitty Marlowe with an excellent <laughs> dismount to today's show. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show. <clears throat> along sm- alongside Smoke Ludwig coming up next.